Welcome to More Than Myths. like I drank five cups of coffee and I didn't have a single cup of coffee I am like I'm fucking wired so I'm gonna go get one more cocktail what is this episode 14 oh yes is that episode 14 yeah there you are there you are there you are there you are. My ear holes serenading me. You know, I do what I can. Well, you do it well. Welcome to More Than Myths. Oh my God, you didn't say anything. You didn't cough. You didn't do it. I actually got through a whole welcome. Cheers. <sighs> now I'm afraid to speak. <laughs> Oh my god, don't be afraid to speak. I'm afraid. Don't be. I always interrupt you. Oh, I don't mean to. It's all right. We always interrupt each other. Some more than others. (laughs) I take personal offense. Oh, I was talking about me. Surely, I was. You were surely talking about me. I was surely. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> oh, guys, this is going to be a doozy of an episode. This is Just let you know, I'm on. I am. I'm in. A, I'm feeling so much better, and I'm in such a good mood because I had pizza. Oh, pizza night! It was a pizza oh, night. Pizza here too. It's just a pizza, pizza time. everywhere. It was like thrown around like. Damn confetti. Damn confetti. Yeah. Um, Congratulations, yeah, you're on vacation. Oh, Sorry. yes, I'm on vacation. And that's why, y'all, if you notice that tonight's quality, from my standpoint, is a little not up to par, it's because I have already had one martini and we just started. So and she's working and on I'm another starting one. my second. So we'll see how this goes. It may be just pretty... Sad. It's not going to be sad. It's going to be excellent. You're not going to get emotional. You're not. It's just going to be giggles and. Oh, and... no. I just kind of meant like a letdown. Oh. <laughs> like depressing. <laughs> not like oh. I'm going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I mean, you might. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to cry. <laughs> Don't tell me what I'm going to do. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh my gosh. Let's reel it in. Let's. This is never going to end. It's never going to end. This is going to be the longest episode we've ever had. I hope you guys have a coffee or a cocktail or a baker's dozen of muffins or cookies because. Oh, yeah. <laughs> buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Also, I think we both have like kind of spooky topics. So. Yeah, kind of. Mine is the second part. Yeah. My second, my second parter. Yeah. Tim oh, part. and I think I think I'm. I mean, we can talk more, but I think I'm supposed to go first. You are which actually supposed to worked go first. out. Oh, perfect. Yeah, no, it was perfect. Out. So it's like, nice. you're going to get, if you're listening to this, or if you're binging this, oh. if you're coming back to us, or you're just finding us, you're so lucky because you didn't have to wait a week like our listeners who were here with us in the beginning. This is no hate. Real no time. Hate. But you're, you get to just go boom, boom. Boom, boom. Part one, part two. Right into some Winchester house. And then yeah. right into some Winchester house, part two. Yeah. And then I'm going to end. It's going to be like Necklavy, Winchester oh house, God. Winchester house, part two. And then my subject today. And I'm You not- had to. You had to bring up Scary Jello Horseman. Oh, God. I can't. Like, it was funny re-listening <laughs> to that episode. It was hilarious. Yeah. It was scary. It was scary. So I've never heard of this creature before. So no. the more the more research we do and the more we learn um, and get to know about like the whole mythology world and especially the community, that kind of thing. Um, I've never seen that before. And no. literally today mm-hmm. on someone's stories, <sighs> there was this like TikTok about the Nequity. And I was like, no, what? What the oh hell? Oh, my gosh. 
how that you has know happened a it's couple so times crazy mm-hmm. the siren thing you mm-hmm. know yeah so much has come up where i'm like oh uncanny valley yeah i literally saw a fucking tiktok two days after you were talking about it that's crazy about the uncanny valley and i was like oh, i know what that is is right? and you know i think it's just i think there are things that your brain picks up on that it recognizes mm-hmm. yeah right so you pay attention to the things that you're like oh i know what that that word is or mm-hmm. oh i've heard of something like that and then you learn more about it and i've definitely noticed that a lot since starting the podcast agreed, agreed. Like, oh yeah oh wow okay yeah the the statue of persephone and hades yeah. I immediately knew what that was. And before I would have been like, I'm not sure who that is, but I immediately knew who it was. I was like, oh, yeah. that's Persephone Hades. Yeah. Now I know what a hinge is. Oh, my God. Now I know what a hinge is. And God, semantic satiation. I, I, I love that you were like, you warned us that you were going to say it so much, but you still, there, <sighs> that word was used so much. It was so much. And I felt really bad. Okay. So I felt really bad because you were really excited about aliens. And I felt like you were you so want no 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 not bad. Like I didn't have enough aliens for you. And oh, no. so so now with this this when we get into our episode, I tried to find more ghosts for you. Oh, thank you. I love <laughs> the welcome. paranormal and the yeah. unexplained and the yeah. yeah. I tried. Yeah, that's great. I really Lovely. went I went digging. Um I might disappoint a little bit, but you know, nah, no, I wasn't disappointed. Like, <laughs> let's be clear. Let's be clear. I just, I thought that I didn't know there. We knew so much about it. Oh, to be yeah. Honest. You mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. I didn't. I thought it was more of an unexplained. Yeah. Thing, right. Yeah. Where there's, there's pretty much a solid it's, history it's behind solid. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty solid. Ha ha ha. Fuck, man. You're in a roll. God. You know, it's crazy what a little bit of gin will do. Or a lot of gin. (laughs) I was going to say a little bit. (laughs) Hey. Come clean now. I mean, okay, this is a mistakes episode, so you don't have to come clean. You can tell us whatever you want that you've had on the internet. Maybe you'll still be so, maybe you'll die. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, that took a dark turn. That's not. Maybe you'll stub your no. toe. Maybe you'll get a care package in the mail. I don't know. No, I, I know. kind of like just that. <laughs> I think that, that fits so many of our subjects. Oh, my so far. gosh. Maybe you'll stub your toe and maybe you'll die. Maybe you'll die. Yeah. I mean, it's it great. Checks out. Yeah. Checks I do out. have a request of our um, our curious friends. Um, do you like how do you feel about 13? Like, I'm curious. Um, oh, how how everyone feels about it? Yeah, to I'd love send to us get an feedback. email or yeah. yeah, send us an email. Is or... it your lucky number or is it your unlucky number? Oh, yeah, because I'd love to talk about it in mistakes and just hear what people say. And, and true, yeah, so yeah. tell us if they have any anyway. experiences, send us an email yeah. at more than this podcast at gmail.com or reach yeah. out to us on Instagram. Same thing, more than this, same things. Just do it everywhere because I'm curious. Yeah. Ooh, I am too. Weird. Us curious? <laughs> Not us. No Not way. Not us. Not us. Oh, no man. Way. Right. Well, you want can me- I just say really quick oh, before we sorry. go? Yeah, it's almost Christmas. It's almost it Christmas. It is almost Christmas. I can't wait for Christmas. You're so excited. I love Christmas. I, no. Is it your favorite holiday? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Like out of every, even even over your birthday. Do you like your birthday? Because uh, some, okay. some people don't like second. their birthdays. No, I definitely had a shift over the last, like, the last few years where it was like your birthday is like this place where they give you presents and cake and ice cream. And it, you kind of just do the traditional birthday things, right? Yeah. That's what it was growing up. But then like into adulthood, my it's birthday became – my own personal holiday. Yeah. That I got to do whatever, whatever you I want. wanted to do. Yep. And if that was eat an ungodly amount of Chinese food and sleep all day. Yeah. Great. If it do is it. going on a trip. Great. Or, you know, or just having my friends over and eating a cinnamon roll. Great. You know, so great. I right. love that idea that it's 
not the same thing every year. It changes all the time. So yes, mm-hmm. birthday is really up there. Yeah. And Christmas is great, but I love the build up to Christmas. Oh, I, yeah. Okay. I love decorating. I love yeah. the, you know, mm-hmm. holiday parties, the cocktails, baking cookies. I love yeah. all the activities. All of, all of it. To get ready for it. You know, yeah. then Christmas comes along and I'm like, okay. Okay. Cool. It was right. Christmas. Yeah. Now it's you just over. like the celebration part, the lead up yeah. to the day. Yeah. All of I the, like all the, of the, the mood. Christmas. Yeah. I like Fun. the mood. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway. I'm done talking about Christmas. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Probably not. We have a couple more weeks left. Just next week and then it's over. Whew. Oh. I drank that first martini a little too fast. Uh-oh. Are you feeling it? Yeah, in a good way. Oh. But wow. I'm going to baby this second one. You better baby it. Yeah, because yep. I have some math for you. <laughs> I have some math. <laughs> <laughs> That's my response to I'm- math. <laughs> it's not hard math. It's just inter- interesting. It's interesting math. Okay. Last week, we talked about Sarah Winchester and the mansion that she built and all of the tragedies that led her out to San Jose and yeah. why she built the house. But this time, I'm going to talk about if the mansion's actually haunted yeah. or if she was part of a secret society and okay. built the house as a puzzle to f- like figure out. For people to solve this puzzle. She seems really planned. But (sighs) I mean she had a lot of free time on her hands. So who knows. I I also think she was incredibly smart. Yeah. Smarter than people give her credit for. Because people are like oh yeah that was the crazy lady that built that house. Right? Yeah. I I don't know. know. Yeah. It's going to be up for debate after this. So we're going to talk about some Okay hold on. I have to turn off my fan. Turn off your fan. How was standing up? That's interesting. Uh, do you it have was... some water also? Negative. Oh, who needs to stay hydrated when you have gin? It's fine. I'm a terrible influence. Maybe you should get some water. I'll text somebody when we take a break. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have something that I want to tell our friends that isn't related to my topic, but is pretty wild that blew my mind this week. So I didn't put this out on social, but I had to put down my dog this week and I was very sad about it. She's my baby. We had her since she was a puppy. Um, and she was about nine and a half and, but she's been struggling. She just wasn't doing very well. And so we finally had to cross that bridge, which really sucked. So I was super sad. I was really depressed, guilty and grief ridden, all that. You know, I think the fact that it's such a beautiful thing to be able Mm -hmm. to put your dog out of their misery, but it's such a weird concept to be the one to make that choice. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I think that humans should make that, be able to make that choice, but then for themselves, for themselves, for sure. Yes. Absolutely. But I'm like, it was so hard to grapple with because you can't be like, okay, Olive, how are you feeling? Where are we? She can't tell you. She can't tell you. So I was having, I was having a hard time with it. So anyway, my mother-in-law has had a reading with a medium booked for months, months and months and months. And she calls me on Tuesday and she's like, Hey, I have that meeting meeting with my medium. I was like, oh my God, call me, tell me everything about it. Yeah. I'm so excited for you because I totally believe in that shit. And that's like 100% right. my, my lane. I was like, all right, tell me everything. I can't wait to hear back. She calls me afterwards. She's like, oh my God, it was great. I would never do it again, you know, so on. And, she, you know, she was trying to reach some family. I don't want to share a ton because I don't know what she's going to It's personal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. But she was hoping to reach some family and whatnot. And while she was doing her reading, the medium said, there's a dog or an animal that recently passed. And she's confused. She doesn't really know it. 
he's talking about and he starts saying like the syllable of the name. Mm-hmm. It's like ba ba bo bear ba ba, and we called Olive Boo Boo. Mm-hmm. And she goes Boo Boo, like she knows, you right. know, she's aware of yeah. our dog and she knows what we were going through that week and whatnot. And he's like, "Yeah, your family just wants you to know that she's she found them. Yeah, she's with them. She's okay." And so she called me afterwards and she's like, "You aren't gonna believe this. It's the most." paranormal or out of this world concept that's ever that I've ever experienced personally. Yeah. And so like there's no way he would have known no her nickname. There's no way mm-hmm. he would have known that she recently passed. We posted it all on our private social media. My husband posted it, but we didn't use her nickname. You know, so it's like right. he could he could have been a really great internet researcher. Good on you. But if not I don't think so. It it feel it felt too real because I'm like I don't talk about Josh's family all that often so it's right. like how would he Olive know to go to his family right members who've passed yep. without you know like hearing that conversation or knowing right. so anyway it was just wild and I thought that the people here would probably get a kick out of it so yeah. and it was you know it honestly it made me feel better. I agree. Immediately. It was, so, but it was yeah. It, it was, was great. Nice. When you called me, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I know. Well, and I told it was, you. It was really you. crazy because my mother-in-law and I were joking. We're like, oh my God, how funny would it be if Olive came through? And I was like, yeah. and I watched the medium shows. I watched those clips. They never yeah. have animals. So I was just like, yeah. I was resolved that that was an impossibility and it was not something that was going to happen. And the fact that she called me and told the me the universe, the so universe, I told you, floored. So, anyway, that's my kind of crazy more than myths Ooh. anecdote for you guys. Oh. Okay. So, we're going to talk about some ghosts first. Yep. And then we'll get into the other stuff. So, the house has actually been referred to. It's called the house that was built by ghosts. And there are so many people that believe that the house is haunted. They have tours every, I mean, they have tours normally every day, you know, you go, um, but they do flashlight tours on Halloween. So you no. can go in the night. Um, a bunch of TV shows have gone. We're going to get into that first. Um, so when she, so, Okay. We're going to kind of go back a little bit to 1884. She came home from her trip. Time jump. So we're in the year 1884. She -hmm. comes home from her three-year trip in Europe. So there's a speculation that in 1884, after she came home due to the death of her sister, she'd spent three years abroad in Europe looking at architecture, looking, you know, visiting. Uh, She sought out the help of a medium named Adam Coons, and he told her that her deceased husband had a message for her, that she was to move out west, she needed to build a large house to house all of uh, to house all of these spirits in mm-hmm. that had died by the Winchester repeating rifle, and if she ever stopped construction, then she would meet her own unfortunate doom. She'd yeah. die. Yeah. There isn't any record of an Adam Coons ever living or ever existing in that area or of there being a medium named Adam Coons. And it isn't ever confirmed that she ever met with anybody. Oh, okay. so I did want to put that out there. But I mean, you never know because we she never kept any journals. She never talked to any reporters. It's possible Mm-hmm. Maybe he went by a different name. I don't know. Right. So, okay. yeah. So after Sarah died in 1922, she died in the house. Um, it was sold at auction and was leased to the Brown family who opened the mansion for tours. And like I said, they really leaned into all of the ghost things. They yeah. did the first kind of ghost tour quote unquote Mm -hmm. um they were the first ones that reported any kind of supernatural activity so those kind of things would be uh doorknobs would turn by themselves Mm -hmm. and they people would hear disembodied voices disembodied footsteps (sighs) 
people would see ghosts or apparitions. Um, chandeliers and rooms would swing. I mean, that's kind of a weird one. Uh-huh. Uh, people have also said that um, they've seen some of the people that would work on the grounds. They have also seen Sarah herself. Really? Yeah, and she wasn't a very big. She wasn't a very big. She wasn't very tall. She was only about four foot ten, I think, and she weighed about oh. ninety five pounds. Yeah, she was just. She wasn't a very tall, itty bitty, a tiny lady. Yeah, and I mean that's a pretty recognizable stature. Yeah, thank you, yeah. stature. And so people have claimed to see her spirit walking around in a black dress, just walking around the halls. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so there is in the grand ballroom that is actually said to be one of the most haunted houses or houses, one of the most haunted rooms in the house. Oh, okay. And in this room, there is an organ. The organ doesn't work, but in the middle of the night, people will hear it start to play. <gasps> yeah. <sighs> uh, so there is there was a construction worker named Clyde, and I also think that he was a gardener, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, people have seen him down in the basement after dark working on the coal chute. Uh, and he's a very recognizable person. There's a picture that they have of the workers and people will point him out because he has a mustache and he has white overalls on. And people are like, this is the guy that we've seen. And people have asked like, oh, it's really cool that you guys have actors that are like supposed to look like people. And they're like, we don't hire actors. It's... It's just the tour guides and the people that maintain the property. So yeah. Hire actors to act as ghosts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. No, that would be like, oh, my God, we saw this guy. What a yeah. Thing. And then, but no, you didn't yeah. really see a, the it live didn't. person. <laughs> <laughs> you might have seen something. Yeah. So in the house, there is a hallway that's really famous. It's called the Hall of Fire. It's a long corridor, and there are three small spaces that were separated by curtains. And there were four fireplaces within this long hall. So when Sarah was Fireplaces in a hallway? Yeah. So she suffered from arthritis really terribly. And to alleviate some of that agony and pain, she would light all of the fires in the corridor and close all of the doors and like close some of the curtains and create a sauna for herself. And she'd just hang out there for hours to alleviate that pain in her joints. I mean, makes sense. Yeah. So before the mansion was open for tours, there was a worker in the hall of fire doing some work up on a ladder and he felt somebody tap his shoulder. So he turned around to answer whoever was needing help and nobody was there. So he thought he'd brush it off, thought it was his imagination. And then he felt someone put their hand on the small of his back and almost like push him off the ladder. That freaked him out that he wasn't, he wasn't too fond of that. So he actually packed up all of his tools and left and wouldn't go back in the corridor for the remainder of his employee. No, he refused to go in there. I don't blame him. No, I would have been like, I'm not working on that house. Yes. Yeah. I need a new job. Bye. Yeah. So people have said, okay, um, one of our favorite podcasts is, uh, and that's why we drink. Shout out. Yeah. Love it. Yep. The very first episode they did was about the, um, the M covered was about the Winchester mystery house. I went back and tried to dig up more ghosts that they covered. I couldn't find anything that they talked about. There's mention of people when they're in the house that they will all of a sudden lose their sight. I couldn't find anything about that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, were you making stuff yeah. up? But also, can you send us maybe your sources? Because that's really fascinating. <laughs> and if you ever listen to this, like if Haley and I are crying. To... Oh, my gosh. Happy Being in our pants. In a corner somewhere. <laughs> Being in our pants. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So next theory um, is that... The reason that Sarah built the house was because she was suffering from extreme remorse and a perpetual manic episode brought on by guilt due to all the people that had been killed by the rifle created by her husband's company. Right. I don't know that I believe in that one either. 
And when I say it doesn't come from a place of cold heartedness, it just comes from a factual. <laughs> she didn't seem to have any problem collecting the money from her shares of the company, which right. she tell she died. And I mean, I really I don't say that with any slight. I just think that I mean, if you didn't want these ghosts to haunt you, you wouldn't collect the money. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so I don't know that she really believed that that had anything to do with anything. Some people have suggested that Sarah had a severe form of OCD. So she'd put the number 13 in the house a lot in the ceiling panels, 13 stairs, hooks, 13 bathrooms. So maybe she was just really superstitious. Or Mm -hmm. maybe she had, this was part of her OCD. And as she was building the house, she was able to incorporate that into the house that she's building. So symptoms of OCD can occur after severe trauma, such as the death of a loved one, or as we know, multiple, she had a lot of people die in a short period of time. Another interesting thing that we know about her is that she did suffer from rheumatoid arthritis, which causes inflammation. It was in her hands and feet. Um, But that can cause narrow or blocked arteries in the brain, which can cause problems with memory, thinking, and reasoning. Yeah. So naturally, I went digging, and I found an article from 2017 about a study that was conducted. And this Dr. Jeffrey Myers, who is the head of the Neurochemical Imaging Program in Mood and Anxiety at the Center of Addiction and Mental Health in Toronto, Wow, it's such a wow. mouthful. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a mouthful. That's it was a, a title. It's a lot. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this guy and his team recruited 20 people with OCD and 20 people that matched the patients in age without OCD. Okay. And none of these, none of the people had any history of autoimmune diseases or neurological issues, injury or anything. Um, all of these people had a PET scan to measure markers of microglial activity Uh in six brain regions. And they found that people with OCD, inflammation was on average 32% higher in those regions than those without OCD. Wow. Yeah. So maybe she suffered from OCD. I mean, I know you're going to be shocked when I tell you I'm not a doctor. What? I know. What? I know. So maybe because she suffered from rheumatoid arthritis, maybe that affected her brain. Or, or she, yeah, or legit, maybe she was just mentally ill. She, right. I mean, and that's a lot of trauma. It was, that's a lot of trauma. Yeah. And honestly, we're still fighting for mental health yes. now. Right. In this fucking world we're in now. So I can't mm-hmm. imagine that that was ever considered, you know. And at, at the end of her life, they ago. actually... It wasn't until I think I'd heard that the end of her life that they were actually starting to talk about like post-traumatic stress Mm -hmm. disorder. And, you know, she wouldn't have been diagnosed with that. But it's really, I mean, it's completely possible that she, I mean, that she went through a lot in a really short amount of time. Right. So it's, you know. Well, and then, I mean, and then the earthquake you know, yeah. they, like yeah. she had a lot of tra- trauma. Trauma. Yeah. A lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. So this is what I think is actually what what is kind of going, going on. on. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited about this. I think she was a part of the Freemasons. Oh, okay. And that she was actually just fucking brilliant and built the house based on her beliefs and the symbology and as an homage to the people that influenced her life as well as the ones that she lost. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Dive into so, that because yeah. yep. you my ears are perked. So when she was little, um, her father, Leonard, brought Victorian architecture to the area they lived in. She was really interested in carpentry and architecture. Mm-hmm. And after the loss of their daughter, William and Sarah actually purchased a mansion and together they planned and designed this home before he passed away. Right. So when when she was growing up, Sarah attended Yale, their mm-hmm. only portion that is for females called the Young Ladies Collegiate Institute. Yeah. 
Yale was really progressive. They had a free a free Masonic. Oh my gosh, I'm going to slaughter all these words, and I apologize, guys. Free free Masonic Rosicrucian thinking and activities that she mm-hmm. would participate in. So she, like I said, she was incredibly smart. At 12, she was fluent in four languages. Some of her uncles and cousins were Freemasons, and it's really possible that her father was as well. So while she was attending school at Yale, she became friends with Susan and Rebecca Bacon, who were the daughters of a Reverend Leonard Woolsey Bacon. And his sister Delia wrote this paper about Sir Francis Bacon. They're not related. But he was an author. She wrote this paper arguing that this guy was the actual author, editor, and publisher of the works of Shakespeare. Shakespeare didn't actually that Shakespeare didn't actually write them, that it was this other guy posing like under a pseudonym right. of Shakespeare. So she she believed this through her whole life. Right. You know, being influenced by friends and, you know, maybe just this is what she believed in. Um, it was also believed that Bacon was a Freemason himself. And right. she connected with a lot of things that he believed in. So while Sarah was in Europe, there was a movement in France going on called the Co-Freemasonry, which would allow female members. Typically, mas- Freemasons don't allow females to join. It's right typically only males but given sarah's social status her connections with the freemasonry prior to going to europe her mastery of the european languages it's extremely likely that they admitted her right to one of these french masonic lodges uh so while she was traveling it's likely that she visited landmarks such as the french cathedral of chartres which is an 11th circuit labyrinth. It's amazing. We'll have pictures of it on our Instagram. Um, So she probably also visited the Rosalind Chapel in Scotland, which has a staircase to nowhere, which is in her house. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So she returns to the United States, moves to California, purchases the farmhouse, and during construction incorporates a lot of the Masonic and Baconian symbology as well as numerology into the house. Right. One of the concepts that all of these groups kind of believe in, they involve labyrinths. And so one of the ancient mystery schools emphasized the tradition of the initiate. So the novice student called the initiate was required to undergo a series of tests in order to prove that he was ready and worthy to advance to successively higher levels of learning. Mm-hmm. So they would go through a test called the labyrinth, and it was usually an underground or enclosed maze in the dark Uh -uh. with twisting passages, winding staircases, and they had to successfully find the correct path through the labyrinth. And there were obstacles, there were pitfalls, there were traps that were set for them. They had to make it through this thing. Yeah. And the purpose of the test was to force them to develop and hone their powers of intuition and insight. So her house serves the same function, but it's more symbolic. I mean, you're not going to find, you know, traps in her house. Traps. (laughs) Yeah. So it was an introductory step into her belief, including that of higher enlightenment. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So we're going to get into a little bit of numerology. Do you, are you into numerology at all? I love numerology. Okay, perfect. My daughter was born at 111 a.m. Oh, Yes. Like, come on. Yeah. (laughs) Like, talk about divine timing. Yeah. So, yes. No, I love it. Okay. Let's let's hear it. Perfect. So, Bacon, this guy Bacon, Mm -hmm. had a lot of different ciphers, but the one that Sarah really used the most was called the Pythagorean table, which is used by a lot of modern numerologists. Yeah. So, you have one through nine at the top of a table, and and then below it, you have every letter in the alphabet corresponds with a number and it stops at nine and then it starts back over. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the really cool things about this system and how she incorporated the numbers. um, And there's an article that I'm going to link because it gets so deep into all of the symbology in the house. It would take me, we would be here all night 
and all day tomorrow going through this thing. It's gets so in depth. Yeah. It's fascinating. And we'll have a link on our website. Um, go read that. Yeah. It. Check out our library of facts and information. Yeah, check out our library, you guys. It'll be in there. Go look at it. Go check it out. All right. So we're going to do a little bit of numerology with Sarah's name. So using the Pythagorean table, Sarah equals mm -hmm. 20, which simplified is just a two because zeros don't count. You right. don't count zeros. So Pardi is 31, which equals four. So her name altogether, Sarah Pardee equals six. Okay. But her full name is Sarah Lockwood Pardee. Her middle name adds up to 25, which simplified is seven. Seven plus six is 13. I was going to say. Yep. And then 13 sim is simplified is four. <gasps> Maybe she was cursed because of all of her tragedy. Maybe. I don't know. I don't so know. for fun, I did your name. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So All yours right. comes out to 46, which is 10. So it's one. One. <gasps> that seems pretty cool. And mine, uh, and I just did your first name. I just did your first name. I didn't do your whole name. Oh. Okay. Um, but mine is 35, which equals eight. So when Sarah met William Wirt Winchester, she mm -hmm. found that his numbers – were pretty miraculous. <laughs> Each of his names simplified became seven, seven, seven. <gasps> Upon her marriage to William, okay, her, her numbers reached a higher level of completion. So she realized that this numerical synchronicity embodies the deepest underlying dynamic of destiny. That just sounds... <sighs> It's a little bit wild. So when you mate her numbers with his numbers, you get this unifying number of 103. Take out the zero and you get 13. <sighs> yeah. On William's headstone, it just reads W, 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 which adds up to 52, which equals 7. Her daughter's headstone reads baby Annie, which again adds up to 52, which, which equals, equals seven. seven. Her, uh, own, her own headstone reads SLW. Can you want which to take guess? Seven. It equals 52, which equals seven. <sighs> so when she put their family together, it means it seven, comes seven, out to 777. Seven. And until the day she died, she maintained exactly 777 shares in the Winchester Rifle Repeating Company. She <sighs> never went over that many shares. She never went under that many shares. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. It's fascinating when you break it down. I think she was super duper fucking brilliant is what yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So – when she started construction, she understood and believed that the only way to reveal all that nature conceals is through the transcendental science of numbers. Okay. At the entrance of the ground, there are gates. They have a daisy at the center of a large sunburst, and this could represent the two necessary qualities needed in a Freemason initiate, which is in the innocence and fidelity. Her favorite niece was also nicknamed Daisy. Mm-hmm. The house faces true east. East represents the source of light, which is knowledge and wisdom. And it's framed by two palm trees, thought to be like the two pillars in front of Solomon's temple. Right. And a lot of the Freemason symbology and mythology dates back to the construction of Solomon's temple. It's all centered. I mean, there's a lot of things that they take from that. Right. So she would require require visitors to enter from the northwest corner of her home and all Masonic initiates. You have to enter a lodge from the northwest corner. Wow. That would be great. <laughs> Continuing into the grand ballroom, it's the only room in the house that is constructed almost entirely without nails. Another nod to Solomon's temple. The floor is a checkered pattern of light and dark squares, which is like almost a spot on of the checkered mosaic floors of Masonic lodge rooms. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. There's a switchback <gasps> staircase. Yeah. It's crazy. There's a, there's a switchback staircase and people have a couple different arguments about this staircase. It's, it has seven turns, which could coincide with Jacob's ladder, which had seven rungs, each one re um, resembling a step closer to a higher power, higher knowledge. It was mm -hmm. also debated that the reason that she built this is because of her arthritis. And it was really hard for her to walk up stairs because yeah. it was just she was in so much pain um, and the walls are really close so that she would be able to put her hands out on both sides of the wall to try and to hold. stabilize herself. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another argument for the reason why that stairs staircase is built the way it was. Um, or a really good cover or a really good cover. Yeah. Yeah. The house is like a puzzle. There's, there's windows in the ballroom that are this whole kind of like the first start of the puzzle that you read this this poem that's from Shakespeare that is just I mean it's it's really deep she I think she put a lot of thought into the house and a lot of mystery and puzzles for you to figure out as you're walking through this house and as you're walking through it if you don't know about this stuff you would have no idea I mean and I think she right. knew that people would just look at it and kind of shrug and be like that's pretty or that's cool yeah but it was really something else that she was trying to do so People also thought that she was trying to achieve the concept of higher dimensional geometry by making things in her house look four dimensional. So she was kind of trying to build her own life, her own real life version of an MC Escher staircase kind of right. in her house. Right. So there's a lot of scholars at the end of the 19th century that were toying with the concept of fourth dimension in space. Right. And it's believed that with the right mathematics, the geometry in the house would actually work. So the doors that open to walls wouldn't actually open to walls. They, <gasps> they open into they room. Open to another room. Yeah, oh. and the staircase that leads up to the ceiling would actually go into a hallway. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Oh, my God. It's so fascinating. Oh. I just blew your mind. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. watched it happen real time. That yeah. was crazy, right? Yeah. If you just That's hold it, it kind of makes me think Sarah. of. Yeah. Sneaky Sarah. Freak, fucking smart Sarah. Smart, and I think that people Sarah. just, I think people underestimated her. Well, yeah. I mean, you know? sorry. She was and, a woman in the early 19th. And she never wanted to talk to people because she was so shy and she had, you know, anxiety. And yeah, I, I think that people just probably felt snubbed. They felt yeah. sad because she didn't want to talk to people. And it was probably that she didn't, I mean, maybe she didn't want to talk to people, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so when we look at the house as a deeper philosophy on life, it actually starts to make sense. All yeah. of the numerology and the symbology and how it's built like a labyrinth, it yeah. all makes sense that she all makes sense. did it intentionally. Well, and that it, was and it makes sense why the construction took so long mm -hmm. and – um. I mean, it was her one focus, mm -hmm. right? Think about yeah. how long it takes. But if if you don't have, if you don't have to go to work, mm -hmm. if you don't have family, right. you don't, you and know, you're like, making twenty seven thousand dollars a day, a day, a day. You can literally sit in your study you and do figure whatever that you want. shit right. out. You can, and and yeah. I bet she loved it. Yeah. Right. Well, and another the the quote unquote seance room in the middle of her house. Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think it was a seance room at the middle of Solomon's temple. There was like a I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was kind of a place where you'd go and meditate. Yeah. That room is in the exact center of her house. It's in the go. center of her house. Like yeah. she did this all on purpose. Yeah, she did it all methodically. I mean, yeah, Sarah Winchester was something else and she. That's so this cool. house on purpose. See, that's way cooler than ghosts to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I got. You didn't disappoint. You didn't disappoint. That's <laughs> good. I'm glad. That's dope. That's what I got. That's what I got for you. Amazing. Winchester, smart, not a mystery house. <laughs> yeah. Just a Freemason, you know. She was just reconstruction. Yeah, brilliant. She's really smart. That's amazing. With the holidays right around the corner, <gasps> we're going to talk about a particularly terrifying oh, no. myth. Oh, no. Again? Around Christmas. 
Yay. Tell me. We're, today we're going to talk about Krampus. Yay. I knew <laughs> we are going to do it. I knew it. Yeah. I couldn't not do it. No, of course not. He deserves Christmas. a full You're episode. You're Christmas. I'm crazy Christmas. And actually we watched the, you know, 2015 Krampus movie every year. We introduced it to our kids last <laughs> year who were, they were 11 and 10. Yeah. And so it was, it's, it's PG-13. It's oh, not it's super creepy, but oh, it's, it's enough fine. creepy that you're like, Ooh. it's fucked up to watch, yeah. especially on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> but we're hey, like, you- but it's Josh and I's tradition. We love that movie. And so we were like, you guys are going to love this. Come on. And yeah. they watched it. And now they're like, they can't wait to watch it this year. You know? Yeah. So- you know, my sister and I and my cousin, we watched Jaws on Christmas Eve. Yeah. There's something to each, nice about to each family their own tradition. Yeah, there, whatever you do nice during the holidays, whatever you believe, and a horror you movie. do you. <laughs> yep. So, who is Krampus? Um. So he's. I got- don't actually know anything about Krampus. Sorry to interrupt you. I don't know anything about Krampus. Oh, I that know makes us so zero. much better. Yeah. Oh my God, Haley. Fill my I brain. You knew. I <gasps> don't know shit. There's so oh, much I don't know. This is going to be so much more fun. Okay. Excellent. With origins in pagan in pagan and alpine Oh my god. This <laughs> yes. going to be It's going to be tough. You got to get your <laughs> And you kept yawning when my episode I was like, "Fuck, I got to move it along." <laughs> no, it wasn't you. I'm just so tired. No, and yeah, no, the booze. Okay. Right. Whew. Okay. Ready. All right. With origins in pagan and alpine folklore, this myth is popular in like Bavaria, Austria, like so cold mountain towns in Germanic space, right? Areas. So, yeah. Not space. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's a demon. Oh, shit. He's a fucking demon. I thought demon. he was a creature. No. Well, he's a creature demon. He's just a demon. He's a... Uh, he's a demon. Holy um, shit. Okay. But so, but in the pagan sense. So... Yeah. The, the thing about all of these creatures is that there is a lot of Yuletide, um, like, saints and... Mm-hmm different holidays around the winter months that mm-hmm. were celebrated and different saints that would be acknowledged during different days during the month and or in the month like through the months of like November, December, January, that kind of thing. And so okay. like once Christianity was brought into Germany, the pagan traditions were kind of painted in a new light and were married into these Christian traditions um to c- encourage people to follow these new scriptures and teachings kind of thing so not totally wiping out what they had been believing or Mm -hmm. the stories that had been told but bringing it kind of back into like yes krampus but Uh, yeah with this christian undertone yes make sure you read your scriptures kind of thing so he's a demon and in pagan traditions he was the demon of the winter solstice so that's like kind of the original origins of him um well, there are a lot of different facts. So because in the Alpine um, communities and villages, it was really hard to go between cities because it's fucking freezing. A lot of snow. Um, it, was, it wasn't really common for all of these places to come together and have one story, right? So everybody kind of had the basis the same, but then there were different versions in different towns and that kind of thing. So you would find okay. different variations. And a lot of variations with Krampus. So um, where does he come from? So he lives in the Alpine region. So he actually lives in the Swiss Alps. Like oh. said to live in a cave. And that's actually where a lot of like these winter demons live are in the caves of the mountains. So even but even St. Nicholas comes down from the Alps. So oh yeah. We're going to, I mean, we're going to talk about like the OG Santa today. It's been told a lot, like 
that Krampus is the anti-Santa, which isn't the case. And I have some misconceptions that I'm going to share a little bit later. Gotcha. So um, first I want to talk like, what does it look like? Or he look like? A call out here is that like, he was kind of the worst case or the bad, right? For children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he has a lot of similarities to Satan or Lucifer. Okay. Yeah. So okay. he is a half goat, half demon. So black or brown matted fur, right? Banged mouth with usually a forked tongue. And so most of his depictions um, and kind of how like Krampus got popular uh-huh. was these postcards that started in the 1800s that were going out. And so it really stayed focused in the Alpine villages. So it wasn't widespread. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't widely known. And also like recently Krampus has become more popular because it's kind of been picked up in comic books and Hollywood and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's been perpetuated that way. But there are a lot of other myths in the same vein as Krampus that don't have any kind of recognition or knowledge about these days. And I'm going to get into more of them because they're really creepy and really cool you know they didn't these don't get shared widely Mm -hmm. because they weren't that popular and it's a really small area yeah um that celebrated it so in and sometime in the 1800s these postcards started going out that had these depictions of krampus like stealing children or something like that and it was like what i know their the paintings are really kind of creepy and weird but it kind of brought this whole Krampus celebration to light and kind of spread through Germany and that area and Austria and gained more popularity, especially in other cultures and other countries around the world. So he has cloven hooves, which again, very similar to Baphomet, Satan, um, or Lucifer, whatever you want to call them. Sure. Um, Sometimes he's either depicted with one hoof and one human foot. Oh. So Ooh. kind of like I think things have come become two ho- hooves for continuity. Yeah. yeah. But they were – it was one foot, one, one hoof, one human Yeah, I definitely foot. looked at the pictures of the 1800 postcards like to see images if there was anything. Some yeah, of them he has a foot and some of them he has two hooves and some of them he's got – a foot and a hoof. Yeah, and some of them like have a clawed foot. It's yeah. It's really unsettling. Yes. Um so he has giant horns that curl from his head, yellow eyes that stare intently. So I'll tell you a little bit about the intent stare later. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Disturbing. Um Ew. and sometimes he'll like wear he'll definitely have like chains or he always or a switch oh no yeah which you can guess what that's for um but he's also said to wear small bells to announce his arrival and like drive the fear <gasps> Ew. of his him showing Yuck. up and so oh could you imagine Gross. like so but bells it's like have- a clop it's like a half it's like a horse clop Choop. and then a normal and then the bell Ugh. And well, and it's like a slow, like yeah, just a walk through, the through snow. town, like oh, gross. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> gross. Um, okay, so what does he do? Um, so there children. isn't there isn't only one Krampus. At least in the, one of the stories that I kind of was doing some research on, he was actually, and it's actually a group of these creatures or demons that kind of live in a cave together. And so on December, on the night of December fifth, which is Krampusnacht. Which I decided I want to learn German after this episode. I'm like, <laughs> set. Krampusnacht, which is December 5th every year. St. Nicholas, who is usually white beard, white robe, furs, and usually what looks like a Pope's hat. And this is kind of the Christianized version of him. Would arrive to the cave and ask one of the demons who was going to be his Krampus this year. And they work as a team. So I need a volunteer. Imagine, imagine that Santa Claus, like our holly jolly elf, had a demon companion in the sleigh with him. Oh, my God. This, Yeah. 
So like with all the good and light of the world, just paired with the dark. So it's they're mm -hmm. yin and yang. They balance each other. They're, there's a relationship yeah. there. They're working mm -hmm. together, right? So um, and then they would start their journey and go visit the children of the villages and decide if they're good or bad. So Krampus acts kind of like Saint Nick's shadow. So Saint Nick is running the lead and he's the one who is actually like he's the one who's dealing out judgment, right? He's okay. the one who decides, you know, checking your list twice kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's the one he's like, have you been good? Have you followed the Ten Commandments? Have you checked, you know, did you follow your scriptures? Were you a good listener? These things, right? All driving that Christian agenda, right? Gotcha. And especially like obedient children. It's this concept that like he was there to be like, okay, let's assess your good deeds and your bad deeds and see yes. where you kind of fall. Yeah. So if they were good, they would receive treats and gifts and he'd lay them by the mantle. And um, in one of the stories I was um, doing my research on, I actually listened to a podcast on it and like they came to the door and the kid has to answer the door <gasps> and let them what? in. Oh, and that's no. where the yellow eyes come in. Oh, Krampus, no. So while St. Nick's like, he's Hi, just how are you? you? Were you good? Let's check it and see. I don't know why he's super sassy. It's probably the martini. But he's like, let's see if you were good. Oh, did you steal? That's not very nice. You know, Krampus, yeah. the whole time he's like chatting and being charismatic and deciding if you're good or bad, Krampus is literally just not breaking eye contact with you. The whole time, just that's upsetting. Needs Yuck. you to not make it right. Ooh. Well, and think about being like six or seven. You know, Holy like cow. all alone, being told that like these dumb things you did because you're a fucking kid. Yeah. Did you listen gonna, to your parents? Yeah. Did you are gonna pray? get you eaten, right, or oh. stolen, or whatever? So. Oh my god. Um. If they're good they get treats if they're bad he would saint nicholas would set a lump of coal by their mantle oh. and then it was time for krampus to deal with them oh no so as i said earlier he's usually depicted carrying a switch or or chains like rusted chains mm -hmm. um and the best you will get is a beating that's best. the best. Oh my god. Um, this again is kind of how what I was saying earlier, where the it changed in village to village, like, oh, you're gonna get beaten, or oh, you know, he's gonna kidnap you. Holy <laughs> you're gonna stub your toe, you're gonna die. <laughs> right. Holy shit. You know, so it's like you don't really know what you're gonna get, but Krampus also has a sack. And so he'd bring his sack to the front, open it, and put the child in his sack and take them and carry them away to be eaten. He would eat them? Yeah. He'd take them back to the cave where all the other demons were, and then they'd eat the children that were bad. That's fucked up. Why Seriously. do people – Why do parents – Okay, because obviously it's not real. But why do parents tell their kids such fucked up things? So, There's a monster that's going to come in your house and he's going to ask you if you listen yeah. to me this year. And because you didn't, he's going to put you in a sack. He's going to take you back to his house and he's going to eat you. He's going to eat you. That scares me and I'm 35. <laughs> Actually, you're 36. I'm shut up. Not yet. <laughs> you are today. Because <sighs> it's well, the 19th. Technically. It's in the past. Whatever. Get out of here. <laughs> but seriously, I was like. Seriously, that's scary. So yeah. yeah. No, can you imagine being like. Oh my gosh. The tactics. The tactics that parents right. used to just were make children kids just, be good. Were, just, were they just terrible? Like, I no. can't imagine that. No, I mean, they're little kids. No, they were fine. They're going to have some, you know, that. They don't listen. You don't freaking tell them that a demon's gonna come. And that's like elf on the shelf. It's like elf on the shelf comes back on Christmas Eve if you were naughty and just takes you and eats you. 
<laughs> it's so That's wild. terrible. So yeah, no. So he's creepy as fuck and scary, and he kidnaps and steals and eats children. Um, so there's a couple common misconceptions though about Krampus. Um, so he's believed to be the devil of Christmas um, or the anti Saint Nicholas, which isn't the case. As I said earlier, they're a pair. They come together. He's not like on a mission on his own, which is where a lot of it's kind of like the the movie I was talking about is very much like he's coming Christmas Eve and Santa's not coming because they weren't good enough. You know, it's like mm -hmm. it's not a split like that. So it's also actually this I found really interesting because I was doing a ton of research, you know, basic internet research, but still research everywhere I read this. It like Smithsonian, Britannica, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and the National Ge Geographic, every one of them had this sentence in it. But it says it said that he is said to be the son of hell from Norse mythology. So like Loki's daughter, hell, <gasps> right? Oh. So, but this is actually something that was just written in a comic and in 2012 and has absolutely oh, no grounds gosh. in pagan religion whatsoever or in any gotcha. of these stories. Okay. It's literally been in a comic, but now like as Krampus has gotten more popular, mainstream, that yeah, has been picked up as fact. Right. Oh my gosh. Now when I say fact, fact, it's quote loose unquote, fact. But yeah. it's like it's literally just a modern day concept that's not has no ground. It's not it has no it has nothing. It, it doesn't have a hoof or a foot to stand on. <laughs> Neither one. Neither None. one. Yeah, so not true. Not true at all. Um, so Krampusnacht is the Krampus night, and that's the night before St. Nicholas Day. I think St. Nicholas Day is what it's called. So December 6th is St. Nicholas Day, and then Krampusnacht is the night before. Krampuslauf, which means Krampus run, is a tradition on Krampusnacht where the men and boys of the town will dress in Krampus masks and furs oh. and get drunk and run through the streets, scaring oh. all the women and children and other oh my people God. who aren't dressed up with them <laughs> and like asking if they've been good this year. So this is actually a tradition that they used to do, like use wooden masks, but mm -hmm. Um, and like legit furs, but this is actually something that is still practiced in Austria this day to this day, Ooh. and it's actually become so popular that there are Krampus slaufs or Krampus runs all over the world now. Oh my and god! And so I was like looking up a couple. Like, there's one in Seattle. There's one in New York. There's wow. There, yeah, so they become extremely popular, and they're like supposed to be it looks like it's supposed to be just a lot of fun and yeah like, that's kind of the result of it jeez so I had yeah no idea um yeah it's been it's crazy so that's what i have for you on our creepy christmas demon krampus wow i had no idea i one didn't know he was a demon two i didn't know that he would just stare at you and three i didn't know that he would steal kids and eat them yeah. Just for being naughty. Not for Just murdering. For not, Just for being Just naughty. for being naughty. Not for, you know, making your bed or picking your socks up off the floor. Or, yeah. You know, doing the dishes. Hell. Yeah. Man. I That's need to give a shout out, though, because like a lot of my research and um, kind of background history came from mythology, the mytholo mythology podcast. Mm, they yeah. did a two-part series on Krampus, and it was really helpful because they had a lot of really deep dive information nice. so shout out to that podcast it was very good and they they tell it more like story frame and less mm, yeah you know we tell each other about stuff and they tell it in a yeah. story like with background noise and yeah, music gotcha. and sound effects oh, it's fun. really it's That's really cool. fun and really different so have to check it anyway out. i definitely wanted to shout that out because they were a really big source for me this week awesome you know. That is spooky. Well, I mean, I guess none of us are going to step out of line. Yeah, be good. Just listen to your parents. <laughs> Always. Always. That's what my mom always says. Listen to your mother. <laughs> She's not wrong. She's probably trying to save me from Krampus. It's probably true. Probably. Well, thanks, guys, for hanging out with us. 
listening to our story of the Winchester, not a mystery house anymore, mm-hmm. and the scary demon Krampus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you have a nice. Uh, yeah, hopefully you have nice dreams. Yeah, and you've been good this year because. Yeah, if you haven't, Krampus is screwed. Yeah, actually, Krampus is passed at this point. You probably oh, have already good. seen You're probably him. Safe. Good. Yeah. Whew. Nice. Well, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can search for us just with more than myths. Um, you can always reach us, send us an email if you heard something that's not quite right, or you know if there's something that you guys want to hear us talk about and we you want us to tell a tell a particular tale. There we go. There we that's go. Tough. Uh, you can send us an email at more than myths podcast at gmail.com. Um, make sure you follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. We're all over the place. Yeah. And if you do subscribe on those, also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, super helpful. And it just nice. helps our bump our visibility. Um, and as always, if you enjoy us, remember to tell your friends and tell your family and tell your mom. Tell your mama. Until next time, stay curious. Bye. Bye.